Jack Goodwin here live on Hospital Radio and we are now ready for the Premier League show. So if you've not listened in on a Monday night before, it is uh, the Premier League show. We obviously discuss all the stuff about the England, England's top division and I'm always joined by two competitive and fiery guests uh, with the consistent Josh Dawson, who's the head of Matchday Media and uh, our man that made the debut last week, Johnny Latimer. How are you both doing, fellas? Yeah, feeling pretty good. Doing good, thank you, Jack. Yes, and uh, we've had a, I can't say an exciting weekend of Premier League football, especially this Saturday was quite a, uh, a, a dull encounter of games with uh, the majority of them either being nil-nil or one-nil. So we're going to start off by reviewing the weekend results and I think we're going to start off with the most outstanding uh, score of the weekend with it being Chelsea probably putting their best performance of the season in, in a 4-0 victory against Everton. How impressed were you with Chelsea, Josh? I mean, I was astonished, to be quite honest. I thought Everton had put up a little bit more of a fight. I mean, Ancelotti um, going up against one of his former players. Um, I mean, it was just fascinating. Um, Everton, they've been playing some good stuff at the moment. Um, they've been, they put up a good fight against Arsenal the other week. Uh, Manchester United, 1-1. Uh, it was just fascinating, really, to see that they just crumbled. Lampard got his tactics spot on. I mean, Everton rarely had a sniff at all. Yeah, and I mean, Chelsea played with the youngster Billy Gilmore. He got man of the match for his second game in a row. Obviously, got one in his first game against Liverpool in the FA Cup during midweek. How impressed were you with Billy Gilmore, Johnny? Well, I was really impressed. You know, he completely ran the show out there. Um, yeah, I think uh, what did Frank Lampard say at the end of the game? He's he's playing probably better than Frank when he was that age himself. Yeah, it's uh, certainly some good comparisons. He's Scottish, though, isn't he? He's uh, going yeah. down as a Scottish youngster. So another big five hundred k, I think. Another big victory for for Scotland in terms of now they've got Scott McTominay, Andy Robertson, and now Billy Gilmore coming through. They're trying to build up a nice uh, side there. But also, we talk about the youth, but they also started with the front three of Pedro, William, and Olivier Giroud. The experience is still working for them. Yeah, well, it could be the downfall, maybe. Because um, it's a mixed bunch of age, isn't it, really? Mm. Um, I mean, you've got hudson Adoy coming through the ranks, though, as well. Uh, Mason Mount's in there. Um, but it'd be nice to see them all given a, given a chance together, you know, given a chance to gel. Yeah, it's funny you mention um, hudson Adoy. He's been quiet this season, hasn't he? He has. I mean, injured, was it well. injury he has been hit, injured, yeah. of course. He was injury hurt. But when he but did play... we've not seen him come yeah. back into the side as much. He's not shone like he did in previous... Uh, when he was first given his chance. He's not had that run of games, though, has he? No, he's not. I mean, Willian's been in the side. I mean, he's, we get mixed views from him, from Chelsea fans, don't we? But, I mean, when I've watched him, he's not yeah. done that bad of a job, in my opinion. Whenever I've watched him, I think he's, I think yeah. he's been solid. Like. I think he's a brilliant, brilliant player, Willian, yeah. Pedro as well. Yeah, but but the problem is they're all in their thirties now. That front three. Do you think that is where Chelsea need to target in the in the near future Definitely. in the transfer market? Obviously, they've just got Hakim Ziyech. They've got uh, Pulisic as well. He's also been injured when he was starting the season. He was starting the season pretty strong, wasn't he? It's just unfortunate that that form was cut short by his injury. But I don't know. Like you said, there was Ziyech coming. I, th- I think I think they're doing all right up top. I mean, yeah. Well, they need a. I mean, they've got Abraham, obviously, as well. They just lack that bit of consistency out on the right wing, I think. Obviously, like you mentioned, Zizek coming in. It's whether he will play behind the striker as an attacking midfielder or whether he will play it on the right wing. Because, obviously, you've got your Jane Sancho rumours as well, which is looking like it's Manchester United, where the rumours are a lot stronger. But whether he'll end up at Chelsea or Man United, we don't know. But it'll be interesting to see whether Zizek plays behind the striker or he does go out wide, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and something that's also interesting is that Chelsea this season have consistently played some good football as well. They've not really sat in deep at any points. They've always gone and tried to play teams off the park. So, obviously, with Lampard being such a young junior coach, have you been impressed with Lampard in his first real big job? Um, it's been, he's done all right. It's been an inconsistent season for Lampard. I think he's done a really good job, you know. Go on. Well, just because of the, the club he and the, the team he inherited for under a transfer ban, which I know you can't really say with the amount of money they've spent in previous years, you can't really say that that's a massive hindrance for him. But he's been he's been dealt a lot of injuries. Look at Kante, 
He's been injured for most of the season. He's just well, Kante's not been able to perform to his best when you think about the cost of Lampard's style of play anyway. So Kante's kind of irrelevant in my opinion. Well, it's, it's similar to... He, he struggled a, under Sarri as well in terms of playing in that, that holding role. Yeah, Kante's irrelevant for me to Chelsea at the moment because of the style of the way they play. Yeah, but surely... Jorginho and Kovacic, Kante... Can't it's, play in that formation. It's an interesting point that you make. Um, he's been playing further forward the last two years, but that first season of Chelsea, first two seasons at Chelsea, that season at Leicester, he, he was, was outstanding. The best holding midfielder in the world. Oh, yeah, definitely. This, I mean, when he plays for France, I mean, he's outstanding in that midfield. Him and Casemiro are, are you would undoubtedly probably say, the two best holding midfielders when they're on the top of the game. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. But so. You're saying that Chelsea aren't making the most of his talents because he doesn't really fit in that system. If you were Chelsea, if you were Roman Abramovich or you were Frank Lampard, would you look to sell him, maybe? Yeah. No, I don't because think you he do, so no. good. He's, mm. t- he's too good to sell. Maybe, I mean, if I was Lampard, I'd cater the system around him a little bit more. But like you say, when it's working so effectively, I mean, the 4-0 victory yesterday... I don't think you change it, do you? And it's working so effectively. Should other teams be looking to sign Kante? Maybe, yeah. I don't see why not. <clears throat> You'd take I mean, him at United, wouldn't you? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, and Southampton. I mean, oh, no, no. <laughs> if a reasonable offer comes in for him, say 80 to 100 million. What about McTominay, I mean, though? <laughs> oh, I mean, that would hinder McTominay's development, of course, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know what like. One but... Po- Obviously, I think Abramovich should accept it. A re- if a reasonable offer comes in for... How much, how much do you think is reasonable for Kante? 80 to 100 million. In his current state? Yeah. Yeah. I've got about you, Jack. Kante... Reasonable, I'm, 80 to 100 million probably, for his I'm, age. He's 28, so I don't know, because in today's market, the price is so overwhelmed. They need to put an inflation cap on it, in my opinion, but... Yeah, probably. I mean, you probably could go down to 65, maybe. I don't, I'm not too sure. Depends on your market tax. They are a lot lower for you. If, if it's going to a Premier League club, it's three digits, probably. But if it's going to a team that's one like PSG, it's probably it's 70 million. It's different on your positions, isn't it? Because yeah. I think the 80 million mark for defensive midfielder would be about right. So. Yeah. Thomas would be wasted on PSG, wouldn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's, let's touch on uh, another midfield player that... For, since he's played for Chelsea, since he moved from Everton, Ross Barkley, he hasn't really set the world alight. He hasn't done the job that many Chelsea fans thought he may have done when he did go to Chelsea and push on. But yesterday against Everton, two assists. That was that, and uh, I, I think he was arguably the man of the match from me watching the game. He was fantastic. Yeah, he was great, and he got that goal didn't he, against Liverpool mm-hmm. the week before. Uh, what What do you think, Ross Barkley? is missing from his game he's 26 now he should really be in the prime we've seen the last two games he's been fantastic but eight starts this season three assists in the Premier League two of them came I yesterday I think he took his move too early in my opinion I think he should have done another year at Everton he's not been given a lot of run of games well, no, which is why he did his move too early yeah his, his issue is his issue is especially looking at this summer he's more of an attacking midfielder he's got his teammate Mason Mount he's got Jack Grealish He's got James Madison. He's, oh, he's got James no, Ward-Prowse. No. All, all players who, are, well, especially Grealish and Madison, have played miles better than them. And Barkley has been a regular in Gareth Southgate's squad. Unless he hits 10 goals, finds himself 10 <laughs> assists, he's no chance in my opinion. Unless Southgate's, I don't know. Unless If Southgate's puts him in the squad, he's mad, in my opinion. Because yeah, there's too I much think... talent around him. I mean, so he's been a regular in the squad, like you say. We've not had the talents of Grealish and Madison previously, and Jesse Lingard previously until this year. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with that. <laughs> yeah, that uh, will be an interesting one. So, we've touched on Chelsea with a remarkable win. We'll now move to another Super Sunday game in which Manchester United uh, made sure that Man City knew that Manchester was red in a resounding and, you would say, a deserved 2-0 victory against Manchester City with Anthony Marcel and Scott McTominay scoring. Um, what, what a win that was, Josh, from, from your point of view. Oh, it was a brilliant, brilliant win. It's always great to get a win over your rivals, of course. Um, I mean, that, that goal from McTominay was the cherry on top, really. Um, it was a brilliant performance. Um Masterclass really from Solskjaer. I mean, soaking up, soaking up the pressure. Um, I think City had seventy three percent possession, and if I'm correct, United had more shots. 
Bank shots on target as well, they I did, think, yeah. statistically. 28% possession in your home ground. You let the opposition get 72%, but you still you still well, win 2-0. Watching and that game as a so neutral, well. United were the better team. Yeah. It was the first time they got the double over City since 2007. I mean, I'm not neutral, it? obviously, but if you were watching it, Man United were the, yeah, 2007. They were the better team. 2007? Yeah, I think so. But United were the better team. I mean, in my opinion, you know, I'm biased, but... No, they, they were, were the they were the better team. They were dominant throughout. They made the most of the possession. Let's say where Man City didn't really create too much. Man City don't really need to create too much at the minute. They've yeah, not got anything going for them in the Premier League. I mean, they had that goal that was deemed offside from Aguero, which I do stand by that was offside. Um, it was very tight. It was tight, but he's off, wasn't he? Yeah. His shoulder offside. I don't think he was. Oh no, he was offside. Yeah, I'm sorry, I got confused. Yeah, he was offside. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they got the lines out and stuff, and they got all the science and stuff. So I'm not complaining about that one because it did look. His shoulder was off, and arguably his toe as well, because the way Brandon Williams' foot was placed. His I mean, toe. it's being very petty, isn't it? Mm. But I mean, Most like you not. say, they've got the lines out. It's factually correct, isn't it? Yeah, and all the players stopped it's, as well, so it'd have been yeah, a it's... mayhem if they had um, been counted. It's petty, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, um, you can get into. Vicky with that can't you say the line should wait really because obviously De Gea had stopped hadn't he let's, let's, let's keep on Manchester United and ever since Bruno Fernandes has come in and really since the Christmas period Man United have been on some run and now look like in, in, in the form that they were this time last year under Ollie unbeaten in 10 isn't it Unbeaten ten. Is it eight clean sheets eight clean in ten? Sheets. They've only conceded two goals. Well, yeah, the two goals actually conceded were mistakes from the goalkeepers. If I'm correct. Oh, then that was against Club Bruges as well, wasn't it? Club Bruges and Everton, Everton. both mistakes from goalkeepers. That is a remarkable run that they've, they've just keep keeping clean sheets, and it's been that switch to the back three, especially in the big games. It seems to be working so well for them. Uh, yeah. It's a strange one, really, if you were to point out that formation at this. There's Luke Shaw as well tucking in, surprisingly. Yeah. Which Luke Shaw playing centre-back now? He's been play- well, he's been playing centre-back in the back three. I mean, when I saw that in the game yesterday, I thought, oof, what's he doing that for when you've got Eric Bailly available? Um, but, but he offers that width. He offers the like I was just going to say, he offers the width, doesn't he? Um, again, Brandon Williams I was impressed with. I mean, yesterday wasn't his best game. He made two mistakes. But he's a young lad, he's going to make those mistakes. I really like Williams. Um, I do. But I think I'm, I'm really impressed with Luke Shaw. I think he's come on immensely over the last few months because he's a lad that's got a lot of stick from fans. I've, cri- I've criticised him myself. Um, he came it, with the heavy price tag, though, doesn't he? he came, yeah, he came with the heavy price tag, but he's been at the club of, well a while now. And he's just not turned it on. I mean, he's... He's not been fit for most of that time as well. That's what he's been criticised for, isn't it? I mean, that's largely his fault, though. That's largely his fault. There's only he can... There's only him, he can go and sort that himself out. I mean, obviously, he's got... You can talk about luck and stuff as well. I mean, can't blame all the injury on the player. No, but... Can't blame freak injuries on players. I'm not talking... I'm not talking leg breaks and stuff. I'm talking fitness and Mm. physique... Obviously, which he got criticised by a lot by Mourinho as well. Mourinho and obviously was it Coleman at Southampton? Um, it was Poch. Was, was it Poch? Yeah, well, he, he left before Coleman. Yeah, got, well, there you go. Pochettino criticising for it as well, so it's not a coincidence, I don't think, is it? When all three managers criticise you for it, but I mean, I'm going off on a tangent there, of mm. course. But I think he's, I think he's. Solskjaer's revolutionised him in the second half of the season. I think he's been absolutely immense, really. He has been. And I think, for me, he's been the best English left-back. I think he deserves a call-up, in my opinion. Luke Shaw. Luke strong Shaw. statement. That is a very strong statement. Even though he's not playing in the left-back position, he's playing no, in the yeah. back three. I think, in my opinion... Because he's been playing left-back in the rest of the competitions. Yeah, but now he's hitting the form not playing left-back. He has been playing left-back. In certain games. The rest of the games, he's been playing left-back. But I think you're saying Luke Shaw has... Is the best English left back, but that's over the last six, seven, or ten games. Since since December, he's the best English left back. Ben Chilwell, throughout the most of the season, has been I the best left back. I think it's got to be Ben Chilwell. It's got really. to be Ben Chilwell. Yeah, my advice is probably kicking in when you think about it. There, yeah, but I think oh, he's been brilliant. Sure, it depends how you <laughs> when you, when you see he's. When I want to see I'll, towards the end of the season. Let's see how he keeps going. Obviously, maybe we discuss this maybe when we hit April, May. Maybe we revisit this topic and see what we're like. Cause 
Chilwell's probably better going f- a lot going forward than Shaw is. Mm. But maybe when you look at it defensively, Shaw's the stronger of the two. I, I want to bring something up, actually, Josh. I was watching the game yesterday, and I was seeing a reliance on certain players. And I was thinking about it, and I did a bit of research, and I've come up with my own sort of Skybet Super 6. So my Super 6 of the United players that have been the best six. And one, I'll give you a clue, one of them's not Luke Shaw. So can, do you reckon you can guess the six have been crucial for United? in patches of this season and have been the star players Harry Maguire Harry Maguire yes are we talking from December because at the moment no no we're talking throughout the whole season so at the moment like, certain Bruno, players have played at the really moment well. it's Bruno Fernandes yeah Bruno Fernandes yeah. I counted him because he's been part of their best run of the season so um, that's number two yes McTominay Scott McTominay yes I think he's been How? tremendous How? I think McTominay's he's been really been injured good for half of the season. yeah but in the patches that he has played he's been superb I think I think if he was English he would start for England if Fred isn't in this I'd start him anyway. I'd start if Fred England. isn't in this then I am completely baffled and Fred is not, not in this respect the rest of the <laughs> statement though. Fred is not in this Fred has to be swapped out for McTominay unfortunately Fred is near the top I would say he's Fred probably like be, eighth Fred has to be swapped no, out for McTominay's not been fit since November on Mc- influence, are we talking about influence? Uh, influence on certain games. Scott McTominay's played McTominay. eighteen games. He's only he's only missed McTominay eleven not games. Been properly fit since what, November. I think Scott McTominay, when he has played, has has played a, a crucial part to to the season, he's and, he, fit, and he's, he's played not been well. Fit since November, and, and Fred has stepped up, and he's bossed the midfield for me. And he's arguably, if we're looking at midfielders in the Premier League, I think he's had one of your top five seasons. Top, he's been one of the top top eight maybe. What midfielders? Yeah, top eight as midfielders. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that either. To be Do you know? I think no. he's been immense. Not at all. I think he's been quality. He's, he's been good. He's been okay. I think he's been quality. Yeah, all right, go on, Johnny. Name name eight central midfielders Jesus. that has been better. Grealish um, and Madison will be two of them. Grealish, Madison, De Bruyne, Kevin, could, could, KDB. Obviously, KDB. Could you say Fernandez? Even though he's been there for a short period of time, he's only played. I think five it's hard to say now after five Ooh. games. You put me on the spot here, and now Liverpool, I'm Jordan nervous. Henderson, yes, Jordan Henderson, Four. Jordan Henderson. I love Jordan Henderson. Wilfred Ndidi, five. No, not Ndidi. Oh, he's sure. class. Ndidi is unreal. I love Ndidi, but not this year. Whoa! Look, you're struggling. No, I'm if just... I didn't say that statement, you'd be going, Fred. "Oh, Fred." No, neither of us will be saying Fred. Um, Jorginho, he's done well. Scott McTominay, I'd put him above him. I actually would put Why Scott McTominay. Why have you put McTominay Scott McTominay? Oh, I can't believe. Right, I want you to get this out on Twitter, please. Jack. I'd even get Gilmore in, even for the limited. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get this out on Twitter in the break? What? Whilst the lower league show's going on and announced what, that the Fred's ball? not a top eight. He's but not a top eight. As... He's, he, he's, he's not, not a top eight midfielder in this league, this season. Based on form, he's been absolutely. We're not based on form. Based on the whole season, he's had he's had a good pass. You can't even name. You've not even named how many have you named? Five. We've named seven. Seven. I put I'll put James Watt Prowse above Fred to be honest. Yeah, Yeah, probably. He's been playing fullback, hasn't he? The odd game. You've been telling me. He's been playing fullback. You've been telling me two or three games. He's played about three games as fullback, but that's just that just shows his versatility. I can't, you, I can't believe you said McTominay. He's not been McTominay's he's not playing since November. I love McTominay. And like I said, I, I just started him this weekend. Um, but he's not played half of the season. He's missed, like Jack said, he missed. So how, he how many games has he missed? He can't be the form midfielder. McTominay's only missed 11 games this season. He can't be a form midfielder when he hasn't played. Yeah, but... How can he be a form midfielder? Infl- yeah, but look at the influence he's had on those games. James Ward yesterday. No, McTominay's a big game player. No, he is a big game player, hence he showed yesterday, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. How, how long was he on the pitch for? About 10 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Then he got a goal. Anyway, let's go back to it. So we've got McTominay, we've got McGuire, we've got Fernandez, KDB. No, Man United, Super 6. So we've got Fernandez, Rashford. Rashford four, yes. Um and Martial. Martial five, who's the other one? Um, what position are we talking? You go, go He's a right back. Right back. Saka. Yeah, that's my I think that I think those six in patches, obviously Bruno's only played five Premier League games, but he's been crucial to the team when he has played those games. I think Rashford he's not played that many games, but when he has played, crucial. McTominay the same. I think 
those six are the the, the star players for Man United this season. I and you can add I Fred think, to that if you want. But yeah, I think maybe I've gone a bit over the top with Fred, maybe with top eight. Oh, nice obviously, maybe <laughs> I've gone a bit over now. the top, right? But top ten, right? Top ten, top fifteen. <laughs> top ten. But he's been absolutely <laughs> immense, Fred. It's not been immense. He's, he's been, been, he's he's been, been okay. superb for United he's this been year. Okay. Fred has this, been superb this year. The entire season. Since McTominay got injured, Fred has been immense. He's not. No, he hasn't. Fred has been immense. I just, Have you been watching them? Have you been watching them week in, week out? I've no. Been, I've been watching... You've not been many, watching them week I, in, week I out, I have been watching have how many points they're getting in Fantasy Premier League, and that's it. Even Fred, <laughs> Fred is not the Fantasy Premier League guy, is he? Exactly. He's not, he's not in... He's Neither not. is McTominay. Apart from his goal yesterday. <laughs> McTominay is not a Fantasy Premier League guy. I bet he got bonus three points. Scored four night. goals this season, Scott McTominay, in 18 appearances. Great. That's clinical. Do you know how many Fred scored? None. None. And no assists either. <laughs> it's a ball winning midfielder. Oh, right, okay. Okay, anyway, right, so we've had that discussion, so I've given my super six. Would you agree? Who would you, t- you would take out McTominay, Josh? I'd just for do Fred? a sw- straight swap for McTominay for Fred. What would you do, Johnny? I mean, Johnny? to be fair, I would probably, if, if McTominay was fit throughout the season, I think that would be bang on because Fred wouldn't have got in. I'd give McTominay the captain's armband for that super six. <laughs> I think he's class. <laughs> he is, I love McTominay. If McTominay was English, which he is English, he'd but he's gone down name. Scottish, he would be the first The midfield trio would be Henderson. Jordan Henderson, Scott McTominay, and either Madison or Grealish. I still can't yeah. decide on those two. Grealish, nah. I mean, me and Which talk about McTominay, Josh, here. What are you saying? No <laughs> would you have him in that England three? Oh, no, no, Grealish would be in the three for me. Oh. Would McTominay be in the three? Oh, yeah. 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 So I, I, think, I love McTominay. I don't see why you think I hate McTominay just because I like Fred. Yes. Uh, anyway, this is the Premier League show, and this is what we do. We always uh, get into some sort of deep discussion, and uh, we all try to put our points across. So if you do think that uh, any of us are wrong, or you disagree with us, make sure you call in. The number is 01772524306. That's if you uh, do disagree with us, it's 524306. Um, or you can contact me on Twitter under Jack Goodwin one You can uh, disagree with us on there. We always love the uh, listeners to get involved. But we're going to cut the uh, show for a little break now. So we will be joined by Professor Green. And I need you tonight. For the Premier League show. And in the first half we were discussing all about uh, the results of the weekend and then we got onto the topic talk of Manchester United as we usually do uh, with having the, uh, Josh Dawson over there in the right hand corner anyway I challenged the pundits today to go uh, previously over the weekend go and research goalkeepers and come up with their top four and bottom three sort of league ranking of how goalkeepers have performed this season so if we were basing the league table on goalkeepers who would be your number one? Who would be the bottom? Etc. Etc. So, we are going to start with who is the worst goalkeeper according to both of them in terms of how well they've played this season. So, Johnny Latimer, let's go to you first. Who's bottom for you? Kappa. How come? I just think he's been really poor, to be honest. Um, he's, he's just so Kepper of Chelsea. Just Kepa to clarify, Chelsea, yeah. what, he came out a seventy-two million price tag. And he's made 42 saves all season. He's had six clean sheets. Uh, I think that's that all, really. I think, um, I think. I think Josh, you'd agree with me on that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think that's bang on. And that's 57 percent save percentage as well, which is really poor. Shocking, isn't it's it? Really poor. Like you said, the 72 million price tag, which goes under the radar. Considering, I mean, we're going to a winger here, oh, oh. Arsenal winger, Nicholas Pepe, the amount of stick he gets for the performances he puts in week in, week out. I think Kepa gets his first though. Fair oh, only, he, does, he does now, but... I think he's had it since he uh, took charge of Chelsea back in that uh, <laughs> EFL game last season. Yeah, I mean, his performances on a weekly basis, I think he's... 
it's just varying because he hasn't been commanding his area this year. So I think when, when, when you're for a goalkeeper to be really good, I think there do need to be a presence in the box. And Tap is just not, is it? I think he's made. I think he's made the fewest saves, if I'm correct, as well. Like the you say, forty-two, saves. and that's behind, um, even behind Allison. He's had that solid defence in front of him all year, and hasn't had as much to do. So it's really poor. So both pundits agreed that Kepper would be rock bottom, but. Let's not say that it's time to write him off. He's still a very young goalkeeper in terms of keeper. I mean, it's, he still may have a promising future ahead of him. Maybe that's it. We've not written him off. You asked who's had the worst season. Mm-hmm. We've told you he's had the worst season. Okay, right. <laughs> Who fills out the relegation zone? Jordan Pickford. Yeah. Both agree with Jordan I Pickford? Think, I think it would have to be Pickford, wouldn't it? Why is that? Because just like Kepper, he's got no presence in the box. And, like I said... Goalkeepers need present. The, the defenders have to. They have to be confident that if they do make a mistake, that the goalkeeper's gonna command their area and uh, save shots that should be saved. And Pickford, three look at that, goal the, uh, that Fernandez goal the other week. It was a great. It was a great shot, but Pickford should have saved it. And we had the Christian Benteke one as well. The few weeks before. It's just basic goalkeeping, really. I think it's sixty-two percent save percentage, which isn't the worst in the world. He still makes some outstanding saves. Though. He does. I think that's what he redeems himself. It's a mm. few outstanding saves, but he's got too many. He's got too though. many sta- mistakes in his locker this year, Pickford. Which I mean, we had the debate last week about England's number one, which yeah. I think, which is what lets him down in that aspect for me. I think he's got too many mistakes in the locker. Yeah, still a very young goalkeeper in terms of. Goalkeeper's 26 years old. Uh, right, who's the other one in the relegation zone then for you? I mean, I don't know. I'm leaning towards Lucas Fabianski compared to his usual standards. He has been. He's been in, he was injured at the start, wasn't he? Mm. He has I've been got, injured for Based patches. to his usual standards, you've got. Even Ed- Edison has been You've got Edison, basically up to scratch, yeah. I mean, he should have saved that shot. Yes, but would, would you put Edison in the bottom three? I don't think he's been I don't know. I don't think I mean, he's been poor enough to be deemed in the bottom. I don't know, but I don't know if that's just my thoughts of thoughts of um, that he's a Man City player. And all Man City players are really, really good. I think that's what's making me think he shouldn't be in the bottom three. Mm. But based on stats, I mean, I've directed based on stats, he is on towards David three. De Gea a lot this year, but I don't think he deserves bottom three. Why? Is that just because he is a Man United player? No, and he was the best player in the he world. He has saved us enough. Best goalkeeper in the world. I don't think he's bottom three worthy this year. No, no. not bottom three. I'm going to bring a name into. He might. He might if, if we took, if we, are we ranking out the whole table, Jack? Yeah, out of, out of the twenty goalkeepers that have started the most games for their club. Yeah. Oh, it hits, it hits definitely. It's bottom eight. Bottom who De Gea? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, easily. I'm going to bring a goalkeeper into the equation who I would put in my bottom three. I would include Kepper and Pickford, even though it hurts, including Pickford being a North End um, former player. <clears throat> I would include someone who has played 20 games this season, so hasn't played the last few games because he's been injured. He's going to be out for a long time. I think Tom Heaton, when he did play this season, was not up to his usual standards to what he had at Burnley. That's interesting, but I mean, Rain is in goal, isn't it, at the moment? He's done really well, I think, Pepe. Yeah, he's been very consistent made a few saves he's done very well I don't know if I'd go with bottom three that's very harsh well I think it's, it's similar to Fabianski Fabianski usually most years you'd put him top yeah, top seven top seven I think last year probably put him top three he was yeah. sensational but obviously when he has come back in maybe the injuries have played a part but he hasn't been as good but I think Heaton same situation most years with Burnley would have put him up there but with Villa just thought he wasn't as good this season. I do think that's a, that maybe because a of step the team? down, stepping down to a lower team. I think maybe that's possibly yeah. An impact because Burnley's defence, Burnley's defence is pretty solid. It's a it's a solid defence. Maybe the defence has been in previous years. Cope, maybe yeah. I mean, hence, hence Nick Pope. I think that's we'll get onto that in a bit. What um, would you have, Nick Pope, in your bottom three? No, Nick Pope's not going to be bottom three. No chance. No. no. Okay, so we've discussed the bottom three. Bottom what? three, Lucas Fabianski. We're going with. Yeah. Okay, we're going with Fabianski. So Fabianski, Edison, Kepper. Yeah. Fabianski. Okay, let's move on to the keeper that 
he's playing for a top team, but you wouldn't have him as high as even the top six. Uh, and you can't include Pitford or Kepa. Edison or De Gea? Yeah, Edison De Gea. We both agree with that. Yeah. Edison or De Gea. Yeah. So you wouldn't include them in your top six or anything. No. I think no. I'd probably go for De Gea over Edison. I'd go. I'd go Edison. I'd go Edison. Yeah. Would you? I don't, I, 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 I don't think De Gea's been as poor as everybody makes out. He's not been great. But yeah, when I said that. Still got a lot of respect for those United players. Yeah, I mean, his, his, def- his defenders pitch. love him. But yeah, it goes a long way. In the yeah. Pitch. Okay, let's move on to our top six. So, who gets to the top six and fifth? Who you got sixth in your books? He's at least top five. No, no. sixth place, Casper Schmeichel. Yeah. Controversial in my opinion. Yeah, I think the start to the season. The way start, just like Leicester. So, just like Leicester, but they've. I think the way he leads that defence. They've not won a Premier League in two months. No. All right, so let's move on. Fifth, who are we going for? Mm. Should we look at Dubravka, maybe? Like Dubravka. He's had, he's had the well, most saves got, in the Premier League well, this season, Dubrovka. You've maybe got, what, what's she say? I think say Goetta. Goetta at Crystal Palace. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a good that's shout. That's a shout. We'll go, should we go with him there? Would you have Dubrovka higher then? Yeah, Dubrovka's higher in my opinion. I mean, he's made a few mistakes, but based on his shot stopping abilities. Yeah. But based on the amount of saves and the way he's led Newcastle, yeah, mm. Dubrovka's def, definitely higher in my opinion. So are we going for Guaita? Yeah. yeah okay, right, right let's... that leaves us with a top four. Let's just talk a top four through. I think we've got a top four of Henderson. Dubravka. No, no. In no particular order. In no particular order. Henderson, Dubravka, Allison and Leno. Yeah. In my opinion. I don't think I can argue with that. It's fair, that's fair. The only person we've possibly missed out is Ramsdale's been unlucky to miss out there. Casper Schmeichel as well, in my opinion. No. But should, no. Should, <laughs> should we stick with those? So, yeah, but... who, who gets top place for you? Um, I think this is where me and Johnny will disagree. Why? Because I'm, I'm thinking... I think Leno's had a fantastic season, but then there's also Dean Henderson. I'm thinking Dean Henderson. I think... Dean Anderson. Would you say Dean Anderson's a popular choice to go top? I don't think so. I would have him. Would you? Have I him would. Top? I would have him top seven, top six. Wait, I don't know about Top seven. You seem to have a bit of an agenda. Yeah. I don't. I love Dean you Anderson. You really have an agenda. Against when he was playing at Shrewsbury in League One, I remember watching that playoff final. I went, "This lad will play for United. It will be England number one one day." When they lost, I think they lost to Rotherham in the playoff of final. You did. Then of you said that. I did, and of then Sheffield United that. next year. I last said that year, when he was a kid at Carl United. Sheffield United last year. I I was a big fan of him. I was <clears throat> always. I was saying last year, Dean Henson will play for England on one. Can I ask my mates? I was uh, rambling why? on about it. Why and now then? he's got to the Premier League. I think he's doing really well. But I just don't think he's number one. I think he's just getting hyped up a bit too much. Yeah, maybe not number I one. I don't remember him making a sensational save you this know season. What? I'd agree, I would say. I'd put him third, though. I wouldn't put him as low as you. But I'd put him third. And I'd put uh, either Leno or Alisson top. I can't, I can't. You see, I'm not having Alisson as number one. Why? Because he's, he's a United to, fan. No, he's had nothing to do. I'm happy for Allison at number three. He's had to make some crucial saves. I'm happy for Allison. Well, if he's had nothing to do, then surely Dubravka's the top of your list because he's had the most to do. He's had 117 no, saves. No, too many mistakes. Right. No. Allison top. No. Allison or Leno top. I'd agree with Allison or Leno top. 
Henderson. It's not your choice, though, is it? No. <laughs> you can give us your list in a minute, which is wrong in my opinion. <laughs> if it was up to you, you'd just have Leno topping a bunch of English keepers. You'll have North End goalkeeper. Well, I don't think he'd be allowed to go into uh, the Premier League one, Declan Rudd. Maybe next season. Yeah. Next Wow. Happening, <laughs> anyway, that's that's off topic. That's for the low league show. <laughs> so, so Johnny, you you've gone for. Uh, Who you going I'm with? going with Allison. Going with Allison. You've gone with. Can, right? Can I ask why? They've had the most clean sheets. Yeah, well, isn't that down to his defence in front of him though as well? He's got Van Dijk in front of him. Stick Van Dijk in front of Leno. I bet he's not far off that statistic either. Yeah, but it doesn't matter though. Stick Van Dijk in front of Stick yeah, Van Dijk it, in front it, of De Bravka. I bet he's not far off that either. That doesn't matter. When uh, Klopp signed, Alan, well, yeah. If we look right, <laughs> look at the Champions League final when it wasn't Allison. You know the season before, Carrius. Difference makes. That was because Carrius. That was because Carrius threw it at Benzema. I mean, De Bravka wouldn't have thrown it at Benzema. Let's face it. Yeah, but Allison, he's a strong figurehead in that goal. I I, I think he's a contender for player of the season. To be quite honest, I think De Bravka could go in that Liverpool goal. If Carrius was in goal now, Liverpool would have conceded a lot more goals. I agree with that. I agree with that. So how can you not agree with Allison being top? Where would you have Allison in yours, Josh? Two or three. So, why are you so against him being top? Because he's not been the best goalkeeper. Who's top then? Henderson? Leno or Henderson? Henderson? Leno or Henderson, yeah. Make a decision right now. I'm going to say Leno here because that will convince you not to put Alisson top. Why convince me then? 104 saves, 7 clean sheets, 1 penalty save. But... Has he not had to make all those saves because of how poor the defence is? Well, yeah. And where where are Arsenal in the league? That's that's irrelevant if we're point if we're doing it off goalkeepers. It's not. It means he's letting in goals. Yeah, well, I'm sure if he stuck Allison in that Arsenal team, he'd let in loads of goals. They'd have they'd have loads of clean sheets. I'm telling you. This argument is complete. Your argument here is nothing. <laughs> your yeah, but your this argument is nothing. <laughs> If we're talking, if we're basing it on goals conceded, then Henderson based on yeah, the, then Henderson goes top based on the team he's in because how many goals has he conceded? It's about twenty five or something. Jack, do you know what the stat is? Yeah, but then you can how just many say goals have Sheffield United defense. conceded? Twenty twenty five. Four twenty five something like that. Yeah. In that case, based on the defence he's got in front of it, he goes number. He goes top. If we're looking at well, yeah, it like that, seventy point? saves. What's the point of ranking goalkeepers if you're just going to judge them in the defence that's in front of them anyway? Exactly, you can't just make, you can't just. In that case, if we're judging it on that, he's only made forty-five saves. Right. If well, we're judging it by that standard, it, it's clear. It's clear that we have our top three: Dean Henderson, Burn Leno, Allison. They've been the outstanding keepers. With Martin Debravka, Casper Schmeichel, and Vincente Guetta being the uh, other outsiders for a top. Place anyway, uh, we've got some advice on coronavirus, which is obviously dominating the world at the moment. So make sure you listen to this. But after this, we will be back with the Premier League show. It's a message from the government. Right, what we're doing next about how to protect yourself and others from coronavirus. Wash your hands more often than usual for 20 seconds each time. Use soap and water or a hand sanitizer when you get home or arrive at work. When you blow your nose, sneeze or cough, and when you eat or handle food. For more information, go to nhs.uk forward slash coronavirus. Protect yourself and others. So some very important advice there from um, someone from the NHS giving us advice on the coronavirus and how not to um, spread it. So no coughing from any of you boys over here or you'll be chucked out. Uh, you'll be chucked out any earlier. Um, anyway, so the next topic of point for the last 15 minutes or so will be on the best Premier League teams ever. Okay, so let's start with you, Josh. Who do you rank as number one? I mean, for me, it's there's a lot of teams. Do you want to go through them one by one at a time? Yeah, that sounds like uh, a because we'll, we'll, we'll start where we've got the Invincibles to look at. Obviously, the Man United 99 treble winning squad. Um, Jose Mourinho's Chelsea, um, 2004-05. 15 goals. 
um, the United team between 06 and 09, so the one that won the Champions League in, I think it was, was it 07, 08? Yeah. Um, and obviously, this the current Liverpool team. And Man City. And Man City Centurions. Centurions, sorry, as well, the 100 points. So, go on, Johnny, you start us off. I know your number one is the Invincibles. Yeah, the Arsenal Invincible season. I'll, I'll put that at the top because they went unbeaten in the entire season. I think it's quite difficult to argue against that. Um, and I think um, Liverpool's inability to do that this season has reminded everyone of how great that team was, you know. Um, and I think people might take that for, for granted. Um, they what? make a point with the Liverpool's inability to do it. I think that's a very good point. Um, yeah, but he, I counter what? that straight away with the all the diggers win that trophy. Yeah, but they still managed to do it unbeaten. It's a thirty-eight game season, and they did it unbeaten. I think. I think. I think it's really difficult to take that away from them. It is. Don't get me wrong. I agree with you with that. I know, but a lot of people say there's too many draws in that because they drew twelve matches out of thirty-eight, but. They're still eleven points clear by the end of the season, and the second best team that season is Chelsea, and Arsenal beat them home and away. And there's no, den- it's, it's a remarkable achievement. I'm not denying that at all in the slightest. Because for me, they're my second best team. Right. For me, well, for second, for me, it's the United '99 team. I just can't see how it's not another team. I just can't look away from them. They win. They won the league. What did they win the league with points wise? Was it, it was only seventy something, wasn't it? There we go. Right. We're talking in, about the in, best Premier League team. They only got no, seventy odd points. Side, Most seasons should have finished side, third. Best English side. Yeah, no, this is what I said. In the Premier League era. Best English side in the Premier League era is what it. What is what we discussed it as? Okay, go on. But right. Obviously, the best Premier League team would be the Arsenal Invincibles. Well, no, best team to play in the Premier League. If that's what we're doing it as, it's completely. Irrelevant. Man United, they only actually lost six games that season. Oh, my. Most teams would lose less than that in a tight winning season. They only actually lost six games. Wait, what about Leicester? Hmm? Leicester, no. Less. Why? They only actually, that Man United team, they only <laughs> actually lost six games. Leicester City would have won that season. Right, let's, man, that Man United team only actually lost six games. I think you're forgetting about James Barley's party here, <laughs> Right, you've got to remember the, the run they had into in it. I mean, teams win the FA Cup with, and they'll play the likes of Wimbledon, Burton, or whatever. Man United, they did play Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, the your top teams. In the Champions League, they went unbeaten in the Champions League, by the way. Mm-hmm. The Liverpool, I mean, they lose to, lost like to Napoli or last season. They lost in the Champions League. Man United faced Bayern Munich, Juventus, Barcelona, Inter Milan, and they won it. They didn't lose. And then they won the league as well. They faced Spurs in the title decider on the last day. And they were again, and they were went pushed down to the wire against obviously that Arsenal team that later became the Invincibles. What, two years later? But the overriding thing is that Manchester United did not reach eighty points in that season. Arsenal reached ninety in the Invincible season. Jose Mourinho's Chelsea reached ninety five. We had Man City have reached 99 and 100. Liverpool last year reached 98. And I think they will probably... You will look. It looks like they're going to get three digits this season as well. So, why are those sides not better than Man United when they've got 30 more points than them? I think, well, we're looking down to achievements. That's the best achievement, isn't it? Surely that's the best achievement. You can't, neither of you can argue with that. Argue thought, with that. Tell me that is not the best achievement out of them all. Thought, Tell me that is not the best achievement out of them all. Is Arsenal being invincible not the best? I'd say, no, I would say that... Arsenal being unbeaten. We've seen it this year, how difficult it actually is to go unbeaten. Well, I, I've not seen another team do that either yet, have you? I've seen the team get more than 70 points in a season, most seasons, yeah, pretty well, much every season. Man United have... Well, you can say Man United have done... And gone right. But we even look down to the other Man United teams, and the one I mentioned. You just love Man United, don't you? Because for for me, to be fair, I was actually saying to Johnny when we were preparing for this, that's not actually Man United's best team, in my opinion. 
No, it's the one that didn't win as much trophies. Well, it was. It was actually, for me, it was actually for, um, the 07 The underachievers. The, the, the underachieved massively between the period 06 yeah, and 07. You can't congratulate a team that didn't win trophies. Well, they, well, they did. So it's the team that lost to Barcelona in the final. Yeah. Well, the, well the, if I'm going to pick on the team that beat Chelsea. The one that got the no, I'm going to pick on the team that did win, Johnny. They, got the, uh, they beat Chelsea, didn't they, in the Champions League yeah. uh, on penalties. For me, I think that's the best best Man United team I've seen. So which which one's the greatest team? You were going on about the treble. The, the greatest, Man United, but now we've got new Man United. The greatest team for me is the treble. The treble winners. Because, Arsenal. Because they, Arsenal won that, because they won that treble. If, if Liverpool went unbeaten this season, would they have been top? No. If they went unbeaten? Yeah. No. And they'll probably got they more points than Arsenal. Arsenal. If, then, yeah. if buts maybe so, isn't it? Because they haven't. <laughs> if buts maybe. It is if they do. If this. Manchester but City, if. if Manchester City win, they've already won the Carabao Cup. They go and win the FA Cup and um, the Champions League. No, because they didn't win the league. The toughest one to win, arguably. Hmm. If, 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 right, if we're saying Johnny's the, the toughest one right, to whoa, win, whoa, 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 then right, it's obviously yeah. Arsenal. Then if isn't we're it? saying no, if we're saying. <laughs> Right, that Johnny's Invincibles are the best, right? Um, then, and if we're saying his Invincibles are the best, best then Man, yeah, if we're saying his is the best Premier League team, then Man City can't be the best team if they don't win the league, can they? If Johnny, I guess not. No, no. For me, it's Man United. Lewis Walsh is actually shaking his head at Johnny saying the Invincibles. Can we bring him in on your mic, Jack? Right, come on, Lewis, come over here. Good Who are you going for? Um, well, certainly not the Invincibles. Wow. Twelve draws? Invincible. Joshy's Man United lost six times that season. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that United team are the best team ever either. Who is it? I would generally say the Man City Centurions or potentially this Liverpool squad. And why is that, Lewis? Why this Liverpool? Can I, can I just Liverpool get some context? Lewis Walsh is not just some random man that's just walking around <laughs> the studio. He is joining us for the lower league show in about five minutes. Go on, Lewis. You, you rattle off. Well, this Liverpool squad, for example, they're probably gonna go all season having lost one game. Yeah, but they lost. Have and having won thirty six yeah, as well, probably. Yeah, they lost. Arsenal didn't lose. Yeah, they played for draws in a lot of those games. They didn't lose, though. I am happy to jump on the Invincible bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal didn't lose. They were still 11 points clear at the end of the season. Hmm. It's not like they were finished on 70, what, 71, 72 points. They were still clear. Don't get, don't get me wrong. They're still one of the best teams of all time, but I think they, they still play, They still draw 12 games, and you, you have to take that into account. I'll be back on the Man United one. You've got to remember, I think that league was very competitive as well. Mm. Yeah, United did have a competitive league that season, but I think it would be interesting to see how that United team would get on in the modern-day Premier League. But it's different, isn't it? It's completely different. Yeah, mm. You can't judge that. But I, think that. I think that's the problem. I think that's... But what you can judge is a team that went invincible. And how great that is. Right, so we've got three different opinions. We've got Manchester United treble winners. We've got Arsenal Invincibles. And we've got the Manchester City Centurions. Okay. Slash, slash Liverpool. Slash Liverpool this season. They've not even won the league yet. I can get on board with the Centurions. I can get on board with that. <laughs> but Just I can't, get, I can't get on board with a team that haven't won the league yet. <laughs> a team that have lost. They've, right. they've lost one game this season in the league. Arsenal didn't lose any though. I suppose we can't get on board with the Centurions if we can't get on board with Liverpool. Why because not? they could potentially beat the Centurions. Point yeah, but they they actually got the record though. No one's gonna re- what what are we gonna the Centurions. What are we gonna call the Liverpool one? The hundred and seven pointers. <laughs> it just doesn't sound good, does it? Right. Anyway, so right, we've got our different opinions. We've got three minutes left. We've got a game tonight. Leicester City against Aston Villa. Quickly, what sort of game are we anticipating? I think uh, Aston Villa should go there. Definitely looking at Leicester's form, not a win in two months. In the Premier League, I think Aston Villa have got to be going for three points. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Leicester desperately need something to turn that run of form around if they want to maintain their push for the top four because the likes of Chelsea and now Manchester United are both closing that gap on them massively and they could both potentially get that third place spot now. The gap, like I said, the gap is closing. 
Is, so, is it a must-win game for Leicester? It's a must-win game for Leicester, but as Johnny said, there's no reason why Aston Villa can't do it, because they think... need the points just as much as Leicester do, if not more. Yeah, they've got to be looking at that as a fixture that they can get three points from. I'm, I'm going for an Aston Villa win. And what's going to be the key battle? for a one-all draw. What's going to be the key battle in the game? Key battle? Jack Grealish, I can see him carrying that Aston Villa side like he does every week. I'm I'm on about I say it every week, don't I? Jack, Jack Grealish. Grealish. If he left that Aston Villa side They'd be in league. They one. they <laughs> <laughs> No, but they they would not they would not stand a chance of staying in the Premier League if Jack Grealish was not in that no. Aston Villa side. I say it every week. Which is for me why when I'm when we do the usual debate of Madison or Grealish, I don't see why we actually have to compare them to be quite honest. I'll, I think, choose, I think I'll can, choose Grealish if I, I have to choose. I would pick Grealish as well. But I think we can fit them both in that England side if we're attacking, mm. to be quite honest, and sit Henderson beside, beside them. But for me, Grealish, I think, is the main man. But Grealish, Madison, there's your battle. There's your battle. Right, so Leicester City and Aston Villa take each other on, but you don't want to watch that game. You want to listen in to the lower league show, in which me... Olivia Simpson and Lewis Walsh will be discussing the Championship, League One, League Two and the National League. Essentially the greatest leagues in England, especially that Championship one with Preston North Ended. So, uh, thank you very much Josh and Johnny for joining us on the Premier League show. And uh, we do have some events coming up in the um, <clears throat> Preston Hospital Radio Rota. So we do have... Horse racing coming your way on the 18th of March with the 3.15, 350, 4.20 and 5-5 five five races um, with commentator Ian Gornall. And also on the same day, we do have Preston North End against Cardiff City with um, controlling the studio side. We've got these two Muppets, Johnny Latimer and Josh Dawson controlling it, whilst Malcolm Ray, Stuart Lockhart and Ian Gornall will be commentating. And then we also have commentary of Preston North End versus Derby County and rugby commentary of Grasshoppers versus Loosetonians. So, thank you very much for listening to the Premier League show. We will be back in about three or four minutes with the Low League show. But here is Starry-Eyed from Ellie Golding. Mm.